Hello, everybody, and welcome to another American Scouser podcast. Today, I have the hosting duties. I'm Timuchin, and with me today, we have Jamie and Parker. How are you doing, gentlemen? Fantastic. Not so, too bad here. We did not finish the year, obviously, the way we want to. We were actually recording this one. This feels almost odd. Uh, we're recording this podcast on New Year's Eve uh, earlier in the day. Uh, instead of a cold beverage, we have coffee. Well, most of us do, but that's, an, <laughs> that's another intervention podcast by itself or Parker there. But okay. <laughs> Bit too early the in the day. Hey, 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 American Scarser podcast. <laughs> Any alcoholic beverage before 11 a.m. is kind of shady, but I'll give you that. It's 11.07 at least over here. So, okay. That's noon. So, so let's talk about the game first. Obviously, like I say, these back to back games uh, not really finishing the way we would want to. I think we almost, it feels more like a blown opportunity than anything else. When you look at the end result, we're still top of the league and stuff. So, we'll get to all those. So, let's start with the game first. Uh, Do kind of like a quick recap of it. Uh, So, the lineup comes up. I mean, we have Phillips instead of Williams and Millie instead of Jeannie. Um, obviously, it's hindsight now, and there's a lot of things that we do not know in terms of who could have played how many minutes and stuff like that. Uh, but, Jimmy, let's start with you. Like, what did you think of the lineup when you first saw it? Uh, and, you know, obviously, like, throughout the game, at least the first half. I was happy enough, um, I have to say. Uh, good to see Milner in the team against the Toon. Um he knows the club. He knows the Premier League probably better than than any current serving member of the Premier League teams. Um, yeah, I, I was I was very happy with the with the lineup. Um, and of course, my usual Geordie mates from back home had started uh, the abuse early in the day and texted me, and you know were were winding me up and all sorts of stuff, but they were also very confident that they were going to get absolutely spanked 5-0, one of my Geordie mates said, uh, or worse. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, another one of my Geordie mates was uh, taunting me about facing the mighty Joe Linton. Um, so yeah, you know, it was, um, I was quietly confident. I'm not usually so bullish towards my uh my my friends back home when it comes to games but when you're you're facing Newcastle I, I kind of got carried away with myself I gotta admit um but it's it was one of those things like you see the stats uh at the at the start of the game and it's like Liverpool are leading the league and passes blah 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 everything all the way down the line we're first and on the opposition side Newcastle they're 20th in the league at everything you know passes shots on goal conversion rate everything you know so, yeah, I, I was quietly um, looking forward to the game. <laughs> and honestly, I mean, in terms of, like, defense, I don't think we have a lot of options. It's either, like, Williams or Phillips and stuff like that. But uh, midfield is probably where I've seen the most discussion over, like, who should have been there and stuff like that. But uh, so, uh, Parker, what did you make of that? You know, Millie being, like, replacing Genie in midfield. So, midfield of, you know, Millie, Hando. You know, I really liked it. I was I was pretty all right with it because, you know, kind of like uh, uh, Jamie already said, you know, Hendo, or not Hendo, uh, Milner is a veteran. You know, he's been in the Premier League for ages. So I like having that. 
you know, it's nice to keep someone around that knows the league inside out, knows all the teams inside and out, has been here, has done that. I was happy with that. You know, I didn't see a problem with uh, Nat Phillips. I quite like him personally. I think, you know, he's a good player. Um, so I didn't really have any issues, you know, when I saw the starting lineup. I was pretty satisfied with it. I mean, yeah, I mean, like um, a... sorry, go, go, ahead. go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, uh, yeah, absolutely. To, to agree with Parker, you know, Phillips um, in general played well. I mean, I know he got burnt by Wilson uh, for pace in in the early couple of minutes but you know he he was doing everything right he was goal side of of the attacker and and tried to get him to the byline as much as, as possible he just got beat for for speed and probably a bit of par as well because Callum Wilson's a, a a great um striker he's on form right now as well Newcastle I think he's got eight goals three assists this season which um is Newcastle's leading uh, goal scorer and assist so you know, fair play to Parker. He's he's absolutely right there. Not Phillips slotted in okay at the back. I'd say. I thought like so. I mean, that position was kind of like the the one you're talking about was kind of odd. I mean, having played defense all my life and not being gifted with speed, uh, you know, you kind of like it was kind of like almost like odd for him to try to shoulder him off as opposed to just keep cutting the angle and stuff. But aside from that, I mean, I cannot recall a clear mistake. A couple of like mis passes or like you know mislocated passes and stuff like that with the i mean he's not that great with the long ball coming from the back uh but i mean i thought he was great in the air uh i mean i mean i don't think that was an issue overall i mean my only concern i guess is does it affect the rest of the team i mean we always talked about having you know like a good goalie behind you making the defense play better uh having a solid defense behind you making the rest of the, you know, the midfield and the forward playing better. That's, I guess, my only concern right now uh, with the odd defensive pairings we have in the back. I don't think they're that poor defensively. Uh, it's just that I don't know how it affects what we do otherwise. So you have Hendo and, you know, Millie there. And that's probably the only problem with that pairing is I think their first initial thought is always protection as opposed to attack. So now you have six people that are thinking that. I mean, yeah, you have Robo and Trent going there, who Trent seems to be way off his like regular pace in terms of like delivery and passing and stuff like that. But um, I thought, yeah, I thought like Phillips did fine. I mean, overall, I mean, let's face it. To me, it was not so much different than the Crystal Palace game, except the finishing. Would you agree to that, Jamie? Uh, to a certain extent, yeah. Um definitely left the same taste in my mouth i'll tell you that um it uh i guess the difference between that and the west brom game is like you said we were we were creating um the game was played well i i i honestly feel but it, it was just one of those things where uh, again everything seemed to click in place for the opposition you know uh, again a player, a couple of players on the opposition played absolute storming games, you know, brilliant games, best of their season so far. Um, it seems to be a, a common trend right now that um, players up their game, teams up their game coming to, to play us. And and why not? Because we're the champions. We we are. And we're the champions elect also. We're, we're going through this tough period and we're still top of the league. Um 
But in terms of, of the games, games, I meant like for the Palace game, not the West Bromwich game. I thought we played a lot better than we did in the West Bromwich Albion game. But uh, I felt uh, it was a lot better. I mean, it was very similar to the Crystal Palace game. In terms of how we played, gave a couple of chances for them to score too. But everything we got in Crystal Palace game, we just converted. Yeah. Whereas, you know, yesterday it was the complete opposite. Yeah. And, you know, Parker and I were talking uh, and, and, and yourself as well, to mention there, just offline, just before we started recording. And Klopp was saying in his post-match interviews, he's like, you know, I, I have no problem um, if I have no problem not scoring if the build-up is there, if the chances are being created, which, you know, he, he said something like, you know, I, I can work with a result like this. It's a nil-nil. Yeah. And there's been I read some stat about a crazy amount of nil-nils or something. Anyway, but, you know, it, he's not too downbeat about it. Like, we played well, so I can I can live with that in much the same way as all of us can. If we can see the intent, see the progression, see the chances, it was just one of those days where we just couldn't finish our breakfast, you know? What do you think, Parker? I mean, when you compare it to, I personally thought, like I said, gameplay-wise, in terms of the level we played, it was not that poor. I mean, you read online, and if two of those chances are converted, everybody is raving about how we played. But just because we could not convert those chances, everybody takes it as like, oh, we need changes. We need the now. You know, we're back to the we need the creative midfielder thing and stuff like that. Which you know, we'll get back to Thiago because I thought he was excellent. Thiago, <laughs> one of like the silver linings of the game uh, out of like the few. But uh, so, what did you think, Parker? I mean, in terms of like how we played, like let's rate it for us out of 10 what do you give it you know if if it weren't for the result being a nil nil i'd probably give it a solid eight nine out of ten i think we played really well but kind of going back to what jamie was saying you know you got to finish your breakfast you gotta you gotta convert on those chances and a big part of it is you know newcastle's keeper he was playing incredibly well he made some unreasonable saves that were way above his level and he was on it he is on form right now so i mean you know credit to him you know don't i don't want to take anything away from him because he did play a very very good match and you know if you slot any other keeper in there one of those shots that we had sneaks past i think we'd be you know kind of like you were saying to people would be ranting and raving about how good Liverpool was that day, how great it was of a game, all this stuff. You know, I think, yeah. I think the results tend to get those reactionary people out that, uh, you know, we get a lot of people saying, you know, the sky is falling. It's the end of the world. Liverpool's done, etc. And I think that's just because, you know, of the draw. I think if one of those shots snuck through, we'd be having a totally different discussion. Yeah, I mean, I would have taken that ugly tap in if Mane could get a touch on that thing and tapped it in. And I think you were talking about, Jamie. I mean, one of those, I mean, I would have taken an ugly goal and the three points and run out of there. I mean, it's not an easy place to go to. No. With or without fans, doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that 8-9 is generous, but I still think, you know, we played well enough to win and created the chances that would take the win, we just couldn't finish this one of those games. And I think that's why, you know, when we go back and, you know, everybody, like you're saying, like all the uh, 
doomsday stories and everybody's down and stuff like that. I think it's more of the the wasted opportunity than anything else. If I told you in the beginning of the season, Van Dyke, you're going to lose Van Dyke. Uh, you're going to lose, I mean, all these injuries that we've had, COVID cases and stuff like that. And I said, but at the end of the year, you're going to be top of the league. You would take it in a heartbeat. Oh, God. <laughs> seven right? times out of seven, you know, yeah. every, every day of the week right there. Yeah. I think it's just the fact that, you know, if we won these last two games, obviously we'd have like a better cushion. And I think this is what I hate when people look at the fixtures ahead and like mock them as like three points when they see teams. There's really, I mean, yeah, obviously they're not at the level we are, but especially when you go away, mm-hmm. it's not easy to win in the Premier League. That's why it's a tough league. And nobody's doing it on a consistent basis this year. And I think, you know, this team spoiled the fans last year. Uh, where they were winning every freaking game. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, you're going to have challenging opponents. That's why I hate when people look at the fixture and say, oh, that's an easy three points. There is no such thing as easy three points in this Premier League. Not at all. You know, you you, you, you start taking things for granted like that. And then that's, that's when uh, winning mentality becomes uh, mediocre, happy with a nil-nil. You know, we're, we're not happy with a nil-nil. And look, I'm, I'm, let's get real. This is, this is it, folks. This is life at the top. We are the upper echelon of not just English football, not just European football. We're talking world football here. This is it. It's tough at the top. Life is tough at the top. Everybody's always going to come and try and take you out from the ankles and get a result. And that's their season. You know, if, they, if a team comes to us and gets a win, God forbid, that's it. Knock on wood, lads. That, that's their season made up. You know, they're, they're champions beaters, you know. So that's a title that they'll take with them. And that's a, also a title that'll, that'll go with us. So like, like Watford, you know, oh, well, Watford beat them. Sure, fucking anybody can beat them. You know what I mean? So that's it. You know, everybody has to step up their game to play us. And I, I, I get that. I wouldn't change it because, you know, that's got to bring the best out in us as well. And, you know, I, I get the fact that we were a little misjoined. There was a lot of under-hit passes and all the rest. Like, we yeah. can get boil it all down to this microcosm and, and Trent's not playing perfectly. But scattered in amongst all of that, which is all true, scattered in amongst that were some fucking lovely passes. Like, one of those Trent balls that was like 40, 50 yeah. yards out to the left wing that, you know, even the commentators didn't seem to... Uh, admire but you know it, it's just one of those things like it, we had moments of utter brilliance and we had moments of absolute pish <laughs> uh, so i mean but back to what i'm saying like you know that's that's tough tough at the top lads and and that's where we are that's where we find ourselves and we're gonna come up against these players who are up in their game to us like carl darlow i mean christ of almighty he was a brick wall it, it, all these keepers turn into to buffon and casillas overnight when they play us, but um, as I made a joke, I've got to I've got to say it here on the podcast as well. Anybody that spells Carl with a K needs a serious looking at. And uh, Carl Darlow, you're you're um, I'm looking at you, kid. All right. <laughs> but yeah, and Yedlin played out of his skin as well. So all the American fans didn't he play for the Sounders or something? You know, it, he played out of his skin too. So just complete unknown entities when when teams like that face us and there there is no such thing as a, a as an easy game like you said to mention yeah i mean i think let's look at some of the silver linings yeah like you're saying especially in the first half there were some passes that were 
a bit behind or not fast enough or, you know, there was a lot of like disjointed. And I know that's being just being leggy. Uh, I that's kind of like hard to tell, like what the issue there is. I because it was it just didn't look right. Some of the passes and stuff. And like I say, I love Milner, but it's almost like anytime. I mean, against a team that's playing back, having Milner and Hando at the same. Hando at least can move the ball a lot faster and can switch wings. That's probably what he brings the most, aside from his obviously his work rate. Uh, but it almost like yeah, like Milner is always like a three step uh control pass so it kind of like slows down the ball movement and stuff but in the second half so like we get a couple of substitutions in which i wanted to talk to you guys about subs anyway uh but before we get to that uh so tiago comes in uh, which we've been waiting for for a long time and we kind of like saw a glimpse of it and then thanks to freaking richarlison we didn't see it for a while yeah. but instantly like literally within a minute you could tell the difference it would bring to the team. So what did you, I mean, I know, yeah, like I think I saw like one misplaced pass, but just like ridiculous passes to the points. And one thing I think our wing back, you know, like Robo and uh, Trent is going to have to get used to is running to his passes. Because instead of like, you know, those hard on the ground passes that you get from like Fab and, you know, like Hendo and stuff. I mean, he whips that thing in the air to their running lane on the dots. I mean, it was just like amazing to kind of watch, but Parker, what did you make of this brief performance? It was, you know, a bit short, honestly. I mean, I understand, you know, the fact that, you know, he's coming off an injury and he's obviously not going to go and get slotted in and play a whole 90. Um, But I noticed there was a pretty distinct difference between before he came on and after he came on. You know, the team looked different. It looked like we were flowing better. We were gelling better. I think once Tiago is back into full fitness, we're going to be cooking again. You know, it it just sucks that his start was cut so short by Richarlson because I think, too, that, you know, obviously hindsight 2020, you know, you can say whatever you want about what ifs, but I think if we had him this whole season, we definitely would be in a little bit more comfortable position. Not that we're in an uncomfortable position right now. I mean, either way, we're top of the league, top of the league, top of the league. I ain't complaining about it. I just think that a lot of the people that are kind of that, like I said, the uh, sky's falling, apocalypse is coming type, um, they'd be a little more satisfied, I guess, if we had had Tiago this whole season. But... I think I think good things are coming. I think when Naudi's back, as he gets more fit, I think we're going to be happy campers out here. Yeah, I mean, his vision is, like, unreal, and obviously his, like, passing is, I mean, the guy is, like, one of the top midfielders in the world yeah. mean, despite his age and everything like that. So, I mean, one thing I noticed, I think it was on, I think that uh, football slash soccer documentary on Amazon had an episode, and one of them was, uh, like the first episode was those guys like they were like Liverpool fans and stuff. I can't remember the name of the freaking documentary now. Uh, but one of the episodes was actually on Messi. And it was like talking about how like he kind of like when he doesn't have the ball, he kind of like surveys the field and stuff. Yeah, like that. the first five minutes of every game. Yeah, he does. Yeah, that. And then, you know, like even when he's kind of like moving around, he's constantly looking around like behind them, you know, like around them and stuff like that. I mean, they were showing like clips of him. Kind of like looking around, looking around, and he gets the ball, and he knows where the space is. There was a moment. I mean, obviously, you know, Thiago is 
constantly trying to come to the ball and come open and stuff like that. I mean, there was a woman literally, and I don't know, I was literally watching him because uh, I think that was kind of like a highlight at the time because he was changing the game so much. Yeah, he was literally looking around, looking around, and then he received the ball and he did like a one-time pass to, I think it was like Bobby right in front of the box without even looking, knowing that pass was already open there. Yeah. So that, that vision is going to be amazing to watch. And yeah, against these teams that are sitting back, that is probably our key weapon. And I would think in the second half of the season, let's hope we see a lot of that, right? Yeah, I mean, 17 minutes the man had on the pitch. And like you said, he, he changed it almost immediately. And the way he spreads those passes, some of those outside of the boot, you know the one I'm talking about where he's like kind of half volley, standing on one foot and just swings the right boot at it, hits it with the outside of the boot. It's just the control. It, it's almost like he even can control the ball in midair. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's unreal. And, you know, it's it's unbelievable. Like his song, his, um, his Tiago song, like he moves through the midfield like nobody does. No, this, all of this is absolutely true. This This song... <laughs> was made and came out the day he signed for us. You know what I mean? So he moves through the midfield like nobody does. True. Ding. Tick mark right there. The first time I saw him, I knew it was love. The wife can attest to that because she's been listening to me sing his song non-bloody stop. She's, she's got the words down herself. I've been singing it that bloody much. He'll roll you like a Cuban. His passes never miss. Tiago Alcantara, he takes the fucking piss. And lads, he's it's just great to watch him, isn't it? Like, he even had four headers or something. Like, I don't think he's that yeah. tall. He's definitely not six feet. Yes. He, he kind of almost reminds me of, like, Mane, even though he does not have the height. He has, like, the hop. Yeah, and the athleticism. He has, I mean, he does not shy away from, you know, jumping into somebody much taller. And yeah, Which he I was worried better. with his injury and everything, you know? Yeah. But he, he, didn't, yeah. he didn't shy away from anything, you know? And just, just great to see him on the pitch because those 17 minutes were certainly amongst the highlights to walk yeah. away from this game with, you know, he's so, five, nine, by the way. So not he's five, nine, only a tall guy. Five, really? nine. Honestly, yeah. I thought, I thought I was going to go like five, seven or something like that. If I was just going to get us off the top of my head, but uh, so, okay. So let's go back to those 17 minutes because overnight club has become a bad manager. Uh, if you look at all the, the Facebook groups and stuff like that, I mean, Here's my take on the whole sub thing, and I want to really hear what you guys think. But um, with Thiago, I mean, we don't know. I, I would think if he was able to give 30 to 45 minutes, he probably would have been on there earlier. So we don't know what's the reason behind, you know, him coming in so late and stuff like that. So it's kind of like hard and probably unfair to speculate on that. Shaq coming in on the 91st minutes, I'm lost on that. And, and the only thing I can think of is either – Salah was injured, uh, really pissed Klopp off, or, you know, he was going to come in and it's just like the way it just didn't pan out. So I just didn't understand. That's something like a team that's actually trying to finish the game off would do. Like, yeah. Do like a last minute substitution to slow things down and stuff. So I don't know. But here's the thing. I mean, with Klopp, I've never kind of like been a huge fan of how he used the subs. Win or lose, even in the past. Like, again, like let's look back. Very recently, like the Crystal Palace game, a game we won 7-0, a game where we, you know, we're always talking about like resting players and all that kind of stuff. And we did not really make substitutions. I mean, I think Genie, when I looked, came in at like 69th or 70th minute or something like that. And like Ox or somebody came in at like almost close to 80. 
and we were already 5-0 up, so why not make those substitutions earlier? Having said that, I mean, over his time, I think that's his way of instilling confidence on the 11 that's out there, saying, you're out there for a reason. We've talked about this. Everybody knows what to do. So I'm going to put the faith in that, faith in you guys, faith on the team, and that's how it goes. And that's the thing. Like, even in the past, I've always thought – and this is why I could probably never be a coach in the top level because I'm I don't just don't have the freaking patience for it. Uh, so I'd be like, yeah, I put that guy. And you know, I did youth soccer, which is great because you can do as many substitutions as you want. So, right. so you can just experiment like a mad scientist and doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, but um, so this is how it's always been. So if you didn't complain before, don't come complaining now because this is how it's always been. And I really think, you know, we always talk about how he interacts with the team, the confidence he gives to players, how he improves players. And I think this is part of it. The fact that he trusts the 11 out there, he trusts the plan and, you know, the process, if you will. And then, you know, like tries to go with it as long as possible and then tweaks it if he really feels like he needs to. Um what did you guys think of that? I mean, is it fair to I mean, I always have felt that he waits for the substitutions too late into the game. Win or lose. I mean, there have been a lot of games I felt we were winning comfortably and it was a good time to, you know, back then it was like get Taki some more minutes or Ox some more minutes or whatever. Uh, and I felt like, why do we wait till like 80 to put him in? Like it's like 10 minutes. What does that do kind of deal? But going back to that, this is the style of the subject coaches, and you can't freaking argue with the results. So I feel it's unfair to come now and say, well, why didn't he do it? So, Jamie, let's start with you. Like, what is your overall take on, I mean, not only substitution in this game, but I guess in general? I think, it, like you, you've said, there's, there's a lot of uh, unforeseen things, X, Y, and Z behind the scenes that could affect all of those uh, substitution decisions. Um, I would tend to agree with you. I think Shaq coming in at the 92nd minute was probably, it, it's a waste, or maybe not a waste. I, I just, I can't explain it. Um, obviously the, the red zone that these players are in and monitored um, affects how much game time they can actually get. Uh, Genie, we know has played a lot of minutes. So I was expecting him to sort of be the first substitution in. Then I was expecting Tiago. And and then, you know, then we could have done something if we need it. Um, I actually thought Ox because, yeah. you know, he was fit, right? Yeah, and uh, exactly. And and like we sort of spoke about, uh, Barack and I spoke about with the West Brom game, it's like, it, it's great to have a player like Ox there where, where you have that low block side and they're not really being too adventurous. It's good to throw a couple of pop shots in from the outside of the box every once in a while to kind of scare them and push them back. Um, but yeah, I mean, back to the sub things, like, like you said, that's, that's Klopp's style. He always loves, you'll never see a substitution probably before the 60th minute, unless there's a reason to. Um, and I'm fine with that in general. I'm, I love the way he manages games when we're in the 80th minute and we're two nil up and it's time to get two new legs on, you know, I, I love that that shithousery, that, that game management where you can just run the clock out when you, when you can afford to. Um, but on the flip side of that, you know, a, a game like Newcastle, you're, you're ended up questioning uh, the great man like Klopp, which, you know, never really a good idea, you know, cause we don't know the ins and outs because we don't know 
exactly how the great man operates himself. But um, yeah, you know, a lot of fans calling for uh, a plan B or, or earlier subs or, you know, and like we were saying about the whole Tiago thing, 17 minutes isn't necessarily enough to affect the game, even though he'd done everything but score. You know, he he, he even had a nice shot there that, it, it, oh my God, if that had a flu in, I'd have been still singing the Tiago song, but um, <laughs> which I mean, I pretty much am anyway. Um, yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? When you when when you can't for certain know the ins and outs, it's uh, it's mind boggling to try and figure out as a, a bystander what those substitutions meant and and would it have been better had we have changed it up a little earlier. So it's it's difficult to say, but I can certainly see every every fan's uh, frustration at that. Um, but yeah, I mean. I'm sure Klopp has his reasons. I'm, I'm sure they're all much smarter and well more informed than all of our opinions. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a hard one to to take and it's a, a hard one to to sort of explain, but I, there, there has to be some sort of reason, which I bloody well don't know. <laughs> and that's the thing. I mean, I'm not saying, oh, you know, you should never question his decision-making. I mean, he's right. human. He'll, admit, he'll be the first one to admit that he makes mistakes. I just think that this is nothing new. So to kind of, like, make that the issue in this game, you haven't been watching for a while, man. Right. And just another thing. has operated right. throughout. And, and but- just, a, just one more thing. So let's say we did win 1-0 or 2-0. You know, the substitution thing's a, a non-topic then. If we won one nil, we wouldn't be sitting here talking about Shakiri in the ninety second minute. You know, it, it's it's all uh, horses for courses. You know, so it it's a, a crazy game with uh, infinite number of of variables. So, and I guess that's our job. You know, to sit here and and dig it all out and rehash it all and and see what could have been made different. But at the end of the day, it's all all hypothetical, and 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 you know, like like Parker said, if it's a one nil or or like you said to mention, if it's a one nil or a two nil, one of those chances gets bundled in. We're talking a, a different um, we're talking a different story here. What is your overall take, I mean, Parker? Like I say, I mean, we've been following this team for a while. Uh, we've, I mean, obviously, clubbed the entire time. And honestly, this is, I mean, from what I read in like different articles, this is exactly the way he did it when he was in Dortmund, too. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, nothing. I, I think it's just his playing style, or his managing style, rather. Um, I think kind of like what Jamie said, I definitely agree with the fact that Klopp definitely knows a lot more about me, about the managing time kind of thing you know he know he's a premier league coach he was a Bundesliga coach you know he his level of knowledge is scores above mine so you know it might I, I think it's just one of those things that it it's something that there is reasoning for it that's above you and me it's above our knowledge it's above what we know about and I trust him you know it's not like it's really burnt us horribly yet. You know, I mean, there's one or two times we've had injuries late, but nothing that was like that person should have been subbed and they wouldn't have gotten injured. They were just, you know, unlucky occurrences that have happened. So I I don't know. I don't really see it as a uh, 
something that's hurting the team actively. I'd say again as well, like uh, much like a goalkeeper. So when a goalkeeper gets four or five great saves, you know, that's that's newsworthy. But if a goalkeeper lets in a blunder, you know, a real howler of a goal, that's even bigger news. You know, bad news sells, good news doesn't really. So the amount of times that Klopp's gets substitutions right kind of goes under the radar. But when, when there's a, a discussion to be had about some of the substitutions, it gets brought into the mainstream media a little more, I would say, as well. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's always, I mean, here's the thing. We're always talking afterwards, so it's always hindsight. So we could have, you know, there are a lot of times there was like, oh, man, that substitution was like five minutes too late kind of thing. But, well, yeah, that's easier to say afterwards than before. I, I just felt like while I did not agree and I probably would have subbed in, you know, Ox or somebody like that earlier, it's just the way he has operated throughout. And if you, you took the success with it, you can't come back and question the style as much now. But I, it, I mean, like I said, I've always thought, you know, we waited too long. We wait too long to make those substitutions. Mm-hmm. But it, you can't argue with the results from the past. So you kind of have to give the fate. So, I mean, after all this, while we were kind of like disappointed that we don't probably should have had like a four-point lead, uh, I, I love like the closest person. Uh, we might be tied uh, with the damn United of all people. Uh, going into, you know, but at least we're top of the league, finishing 2020 as the top of the league. And like I say, if you look back and I told you all the shit that was going to happen to us over the last few months, uh, you would have taken that. And I'd ask you what you're, what's in that coffee. If, if you had told me all of those things, (laughs) (laughs) some, some ayahuasca or whatever the hell, some, some witch doctor madness you're drinking over there, but yeah, you're absolutely right. You, you, you know, it's crazy season and, you know, putting it back to our champions um, season this time last year, we were 13 points clear. Yeah. Crazy, you know, so you take the good with the bad and, and sure. Isn't that 2020 all over really, isn't it? So, well, that's a great uh, stuff right there. Let's talk about 2020. <laughs> uh, so the last day, obviously it's been some freaky year, 10 years from now, we'll probably look back and God knows what we'll say. So we'll go about that. And and I want to ask you guys what you will say, but uh, let's talk about in terms of like Liverpool uh, or as sports as a whole. So Parker, let's start with you. Uh, what would you say is your top sport moment i i'm assuming all of us is gonna have the same one uh <laughs> right uh, so we get that out of the way <laughs> let's get that out of the way before we even go around and i'm assuming like we all had the same one but when was i guess let's go with the goal what was one goal that you vividly remember from the title run in 2020 i think uh trent's free kick i can't remember who it was against off the top of my head now but Chelsea after, or Chelsea? after COVID? Yes, I think Palace? it was Chelsea. Yeah, Palace. Or oh, Palace, Palace yes. or Chelsea. No, he had two lovely free kicks. You're absolutely right. I can't remember which one it was. But whatever one was, the one that, practically speaking, sealed the lead. You know, that was the game that put us, that got us the win. And then when, yeah, it must have been Palace because Chelsea beat City. Yeah. Yeah, so it was Palace. Um, that free kick was, I mean, it was just a beauty. He cranked that thing in calm as anything just buried it i think yeah. that was definitely my number one goal for the year because especially as lampard is bitching in the background 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jamie, what is yours? Well, oh, lads, um, can we mention Willian's penalty? Surely, surely we're not going to have <laughs> Willian's penalty be the best Liverpool goal of 2020. No, we're not having that, are we? Um, it's up there. It's in my top five uh, memories, <laughs> but it's it's not the one. Sorry, sorry, Willian. Um, but uh, yeah, like Parker said, Trent's free kicks uh, after the restart were something else. Um, Fabinho had a lovely couple of strikes as well. Um, I did want to mention the little Shakiri assist to Jota's goal against West Ham. That was lovely as well. But my best moment of 2020, hands down, has to be Mo Salah against Man United um, because that was the game where we all started. It, now, guaranteed, I was probably singing we're going to win the league quietly onto myself. I, I believe I even done it on the podcast. I don't know about quietly. quietly. We can go back in the pause. I'm sure you're All right. Throwing me under the bus already. But yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, Mo Salah at Anfield against Daniel James. What an assist from Becker. The celebration. We're going to win the league. We're going to win the league. And that, that chorus just going around the stadium. Oh, God. If you could take me back in time to that moment right now, the, the hairs on my arms, and I have plenty of them, are all standing to attention. <laughs> this is why we do not do video, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's funny because I have the same exact one. I think because it was United. And I, had, I was just getting that, you know, you guys know me, I'm a worrier. So, and that was like when, you know, they were constantly crossing the ball and then it was just like a bad bounce can kind of like make the game tied. And that goal happens. First of all, I hate United with a passion. To me, that's a big, even bigger rivalry than like the Everton game and stuff like that. To me, it's like United. Yeah. Um, to beat him and as worried as I am, it, that's the first time I got the feeling that like, holy shit, this has happened. Yeah. You know, I mean, before then, I was like, you never know, because we had the thing the year before, last five point and stuff. I yep. think that was the moment that I felt. The realization. Yeah. And I think it was like, this shit is happening. And yep. not only that, like the whole, like the release of nerves from like, we won the freaking game, three points. And then, like you say, at the same time, you hear the crowds like, you know, like singing. And I'm like, holy shit, this shit is happening. And I think that was probably like the moment for me and. And that was early in the year. That was like January. Like, yeah, that was January. January. We're going all, all the way back there. to yeah. the 19th, I think it was. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. It's been some kind of a weird-ass year, and uh, we'll see what 2021 brings, obviously. But So, let me ask you guys this. This time, we'll start with you, Jamie. Like, when you, 10 years from now, you look back at 2020, like, what will, what will you say? Or, you know, like a little Mulholland comes over, let's say. <laughs> You're like, Dad, what the hell happened in 2020? <laughs> it, what it was, are you saying? You know, what What do you say? You know, it, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't that know. That would probably fit perfectly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, personally, I've had a really trying year. It was good. It was great. Then it was March. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, my wife and I's wedding anniversary is the 17th of March. So the, uh, pandemic, uh, sort of, uh, social distancing thing kind of happened on St. Patrick's day. So all the, you know, bars and restaurants shut on that day. Um, 
and that was our wedding anniversary stuck inside, you know, and all these little things will fade off into the distance. You know, it, it, it's a, a very trying year um, for everyone. And it's just one of those things. It's, it'll, it's nice to see the back of it. Um, it'll be nice to remember it in hindsight, hopefully with rose tinted glasses, because we're still stuck here in the minute in 2020. So it'll be, um, it'll be good to look back on in, t in 10 years time, I guess, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's certainly one for the books. It's a, a mad time, crazy times. So yeah, best of times, worst of times. There you go. <laughs> I think that's a, that's a really perfect one. Really. How about you, Parker? Overall best moment of the year. Oh, uh, no, I mean, like, well, I mean, what, like I say, 10 years from now, when you're oh. drinking again at 11 a.m., uh, how will you go How will you go back to 2020 and reflect? <laughs> I mean, I would say it's the year I bought my house. Uh, I bought a house just before everything shut down. So that's kind of been what the most of my year has been, is just, like, readjusting to living alone again and kind of all that stuff for me. So overall, you know, something positive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's been an odd year. I mean, I know personally, I, I hate to say this, but uh, especially in the beginning, um, I mean, because I mean, I work from home now and I have been for the last probably like four or five years or whatever. But uh, before then, you know, like I had like a retail career where, you know, the hours are all jacked up, probably missed a lot of family time. I hate to say it. I did enjoy that first month where, uh, you know, my oldest was back home from college and stuff, too. And we had... And you're locked in the house and it was just like great family time for like a month, month and a half. And afterwards, it was just like, OK, now we can't freaking go anywhere, though. Uh, <laughs> so I, It was good to catch up, especially with my oldest, like to have that time back again. So I was almost like, this is not that bad. Uh, but yeah, when you look back, it almost even now when you think about it, I mean, I don't know if you guys get the same feeling like I, I watch a movie. And people like hug, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa! Like, you what know, do you think you're doing? Watch it over there. What, <laughs> yeah. What's going on? <laughs> so, um, when I, I see know, people sharing almost... drinks and stuff on TV, I'm <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, hey, well, you can't be doing that. Doing it's 2020. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, it just feels like odd. It's just like a whole surreal. If it was a movie, you would turn it off halfway, thinking it's too much bullshit. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think looking back, it's just gonna be like glad it's over. But like, part, I'm all like Jamie saying, I think. You know, let's say 10, 15 years from now, you will definitely remember 2020 distinctly uh, between the other years. Like the other ones might be a model. We're like, was that 2021, 2022? But you right, will definitely right. freaking remember 2020. Uh, so let me ask you guys this, because I know like personally I did, but in terms of sports, what did you learn about yourself in terms of like, you know, how much it affects your life? Because when it was taken away, I think that was probably... Heck, one of the bigger shockers that I'm not being able to go out yeah. to eat or whatever. Uh, but so, Parker, let's start with you. Like, what did you learn about yourself in terms of, like, sports? I mean, I really recognized and reassured with myself how big of a role sports has played in my life. I mean, I played, I played a sport almost every season from the age of 5 till 18. So, I mean, I grew up playing sports, and I guess I... Maybe it's not that I didn't realize, but more so that it didn't really click with me that, like, how bored I'd be without it. Because, you know, there was those first, what was it, two months or so of the pandemic when there was just absolutely no sports going on whatsoever. And I was bored as hell. You know, I was <laughs> yeah. constantly watching something on Netflix, on Hulu, 
you know, YouTube just keeping it rolling all day long. I was glued to my couch and I was bored as hell to put it bluntly. So I think it just made me recognize like how central and how important sports are to me as a person. How about you, Jamie? Yeah. I mean, it, <clears throat> it's a, a massive eye opener um, for me personally. Uh, yeah. You know, sports, to me, means everything. Uh, when I moved over to the States six and a half years ago, six years ago, you know, it was very important for me to find that hub, that that central locale for my passion, sport, um, soccer, football, whatever you want to call it, round ball. Um, and it was a big thing for me to meet new friends and to, to get myself invested in in that sort of sporting family you know you, that that tradition of, of going out to the pub or, or going to your mate's house and having a having your breakfast having your cup of coffee or, or if you're at the pub having a couple of, of beverages and enjoying the sport enjoying that 90 minutes of of uh relief and all the rest so when something like that was taken away it was just kind of really disheartening and it, it felt like a part of me had been stolen and you know it was but you know on the flip side of all that it it also pointed out the the more important things in life um and my own mental health and my own physical health and all the rest and you know it, like i said 2020 was a, a trying year for me personally. I actually, um, not that anybody needs to know or care or have a sad story for me, but I had uh, Corona um, and it w was not pleasant. And I didn't, I got off lightly. I didn't have the breathing difficulties or anything like that. Um, but it was, it was horrible and worrying. Um, so when that sort of stuff happens, it makes you open your eyes to the fact that maybe you did take all this for granted, even though I was out there every weekend being a loud and proud red singing and enjoying everything to the best of my ability. You, you still take it for granted, you know, cause it, nobody would have known that it could have been taken away from us. Um, and, and when it did, you know, it, it forced you to look at outside things like your, your life in general, your, your happiness in general, your other pastimes, not just the ones you love the most, like like soccer, like Liverpool. Um, so yeah, it, it it's just it's a mad year, and it definitely won't be forgotten in a hurry. So yeah, you know, to to everyone out there listening, and and all those all those Liverpool fans all over the world, you know, I'm sure they can echo those thoughts because you know everybody will have a, a similar story, everybody will have a different story, but in general, I feel like. It's a it's a 50 50 thing. You know, you love the sport. It was mad when it was taken away, but it also makes you appreciate the sport itself and everything else in life, you know, it, because because it was just so mental, you know, it was just it's so unheard of. It, it's just crazy, you know. Yeah, I'm actually glad you kind of like brought that up because I felt the same way in terms of like the void it left behind. Uh, when sports was gone, when Liverpool was gone, uh, is huge. But then I also realized, man, I spent way too much time watching sports, uh, like of other things. And almost like 
I find myself like finding a lot more time for other things, uh, a lot of like, you know, personal stuff, other hobbies and stuff like that. And I was like, man, I probably should have made more time for this shit to start with. And I'm not only talking like little, I'm the kind of guy that, you know, like if I turn the TV on, first thing I'm looking, you know, I have like Xfinity, I just go to sports soccer and it could be like a bullshit match and I'll end up watching it. And yeah. That's one thing I think I realized, like, it's fine to have it in the background as you're doing something, but like almost like investing too much time on watching some stuff that I probably don't have to. But at the same time, it also kind of showed me like how important like the I mean, it kind of almost like carried me through it, too. I mean, you kind of stuck at home, not much interaction. I mean, I work from home pretty much over the computer mostly anyway, like not even like a lot of like phone calls or anything like that. And a lot of like emailing and stuff. So not very personal, but you know, our, you know, American Scouser podcasts and, you know, the American Scouser website community, you know, our Discord channel, uh, you know, our LFC America, we still communicate and stuff like that. It's almost like that community and conversation kind of like, cause we kind of share the same feelings when it comes to, you know, when are they going to come back or when they were back at least we're celebrating together. It's almost like, you know, showed how important that community is. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like those like friendships you form, uh, even though some of us have never personally met, hopefully eventually will. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, so it was, yeah, it was kind of like an eye opener, but I definitely agree while it showed, man, I miss it so much and it means a lot. It also opened my eyes a little bit to, you know, what else is out there and you got to kind of appreciate everything else is out there and, make time for it yeah because uh, yeah like you're saying we kind of probably take it for granted so and this could be the most emotional and heart-to-heart moment of the episode of the podcast, podcast. we have ever recorded <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. thanks Blake. So let's get away from the ship <laughs> <laughs> so let's you go know, ahead i think it's talent guys... as well i think what it's talent that? as well to much and i think it's uh particularly talent that you'll never walk alone our anthem has sort of become uh uh, COVID-19, the year 2020 anthem. You know, it, it yeah, certainly yeah. has back in the UK. You know, it, it. you'll never walk alone. It was never, it's not just a song, it's our anthem. You know, that's, that's those words echo so true and, and have done. They've been used, you know, TV shows have used them. I think my wife showed me Grey's Anatomy had a You'll Never Walk Alone episode and it didn't even have the song, <laughs> didn't even have the You'll Never Walk Alone song in it. So and you watched the whole episode waiting for the song, didn't you? Yeah, damn right I did. <laughs> Sitting there, oh, oh, is it? Oh, how, how could they do that? You know what I mean? So I, I think it's, um, it's definitely telling that, you know, our club and our ethos has has gotten us through these times. You know, and like you're saying, that that community, that togetherness all around the world, even though I, you, you haven't met these people on Facebook, haven't met these people online, you're still conversing with them because that's our only outlet now. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't yeah. go down to the shops, can't right. go down to the pub. Yeah. You, you know, you, you're not, you're afraid to have a conversation with people unless you're, you know, 12 feet away. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, it's just crazy, crazy times. I wouldn't change it for the world um, because it, it brings out, it's, it's brought out the best in all of us. You know, it, it it really has. I think this this trying time. There's got to be some good that comes out of it, and if that means a ten minute emotional spell on the podcast that we all get a wee <laughs> love in, and instead of loving Bobby from you know, we can all love each other. How about that? <laughs> yeah, if that's all the listeners have to suffer through, that would be the best part of their 2020, probably. <laughs> so let's look ahead real quick before we kind of like wrap it up, and we're like 12 hours away from like 2021. 
I give you one trophy in 2021. Which one are you taking, Jamie? Because I think last year, if I asked you this, it was a no-brainer, right? Yeah. Uh, so which one are you taking? You got one trophy to pick. Uh, you can't pick the European Cup for Ireland or some shit like that. So that don't know. <laughs> We're talking um, for Liverpool. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess Man. if I'm being if I'm being picky, I'd kind of want. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe the <laughs> I FA. Have get you with this. Maybe maybe the FA Cup. If you know, we've won everything else. Um, sprinkle that in. Sprinkle the FA Cup in along with the double. I mean, I'm not being picky. Uh, we'll take the World Cup. We'll take the Intertoto <laughs> Cup. We'll take whatever the bloody hell they call it. Like, uh, was it Shankly or um, Paisley who said, send the team from Mars? We can have the, the Mars uh, inter, interplanetary <laughs> championship game. I don't know. I don't care. Just sign me up for more football. Which one are you getting, Parker? Are you going to sidestep like Jamie just did? <laughs> he already did the move, so you have oh, to no, pick one. I'll, I'll give an answer. I <laughs> I think the uh, Champions League, personally, you know, as much as it would be great to back-to-back win the Prem, I think just being able to rub it in more that, you know, we have seven Champions Leagues now above whoever's next is, what, three? Seventh heaven. Wouldn't that be lovely? You know, I, I think I think being able to brag about that would be just so nice. I think I'm, I'm taking the Premier League. I just want to – I think we won the Champions League, the World Cup, whatever. I mean, we won pretty much every freaking thing uh, before. I just want to, like, win the Premier League again and, you know, kind of, like, show that it was not just a fluke, like one year thing. We suddenly had a run, just say we're freaking dominant. We're staying here, not going anywhere. Kind of like shove it in the face of like, you know, Chelsea fans who spelt billions and United fans who think they're going to get back on their perch and shit like that. So I think I'd rather take the premier league and just take the back to back. And, and Everton. Let's not forget Everton, who haven't won a trophy oh, since 1995. They, they couldn't win a, they couldn't win an egg cup in a raffle. Could they? They haven't won a trophy as long as I've been alive. That, that'll put it into perspective for you guys. Well, gentlemen, uh, and to all the listeners, uh, good or bad, at least we're putting 2020 behind us. Whoop, whoop. Uh, looking ahead to 2021. Thank, uh, thank you for all your support throughout the year uh, by listening, commenting, liking, and sharing all that stuff we do. Uh, continue the sport. We, we're really appreciative of it. And like we were talking earlier, really means a lot having this community together uh you know like people to kind of like share this stuff together and really it has i mean i'm not exaggerating when i say i think pretty much helped a lot of us uh go through 2020 so gentlemen thank you well said tim and we'll do the lame joke and say see you guys next year <laughs> you want to sing on the way out there you got a new year's song for us jamie oh no just you'll never walk alone lads come on <laughs> here we go happy new year everybody all right